So every day at this time, we'll be practicing a loving-kindness practice, and tomorrow, the next day, and the next day after that, I'll be intertwining some of the compassion and the equanimity practice into the metta practice. But we're starting with metta because that is the base practice from which compassion comes and from which equanimity comes. How many of you know about the four Brahma-viharas, which include, most of you do. Okay, so some of you don't, so I'm going to give a, a little fuller explanation. The Brahma-viharas are the divine abodes. Their uh, Brahma means uh, divine, and vihara, vihara means abode. And these abodes are not someplace else in realms of existence, but they're abodes in our own hearts. So we learn to, in our practice, to connect with those places in our hearts. We kind of find the pathway there. It starts with metta, or loving-kindness, and I'll fill that out a little more in a while. Metta is the base practice. It's the practice which Uh, gives that unconditional, boundaryless love to ourselves and to others. When that love, that unconditional love, turns towards suffering, we get compassion. When that love turns towards joy unconditionally, we get sympathetic joy, which is the mudita. Compassion is karuna. And when that love opens to both the joy and the sorrow in the world, it opens with love, the love that's equanimity, that's able to be with the difficulties without pushing it away, the beautiful parts without holding on. That's the love that comes through equanimity. So equanimity is not like a faraway place, step back from its... There's total love there. We need to start from the basis, though, of metta. So that's where we'll start today. So metta is that ancient Pali word. Um, Pali was the language that the Buddhist teachings were first recorded in. And it's translated pretty inadequately, actually, as loving-kindness, because it's inadequate because it's much more than that. I think a better word would be unconditional goodwill because it doesn't matter to whom we're offering our goodwill. It matters most and mostly that we can offer it. We can offer it to anyone. As um, I found this beautiful quote from Thomas Merton, our job is to love others without stopping to inquire whether they are worthy of our love, but just to be able to love not just those close to us, but those that we feel very neutral about, and even people that we have a hard time with, our our enemies. So we'll be going through the five categories uh, through this time period in our practice here together. Not all today, but uh, during these days. So these are places we can train ourselves to abide in. What we're practicing is 
the ability to incline our hearts there, the capacity for our hearts to simply experience that. And it takes training because in this world we live in, we've just, through our culture, we've learned to be more like autonomous. This is, we, we have to learn how to do it ourselves. We don't really learn connection in this way, like Metta teaches us about connection, connection with our capacity to love others, our capacity to connect with others, which, and, and also with ourselves. So this training is really developing our capacity to connect with the love in our hearts that we can also offer to others. So it's a training It's not something you're going to feel right away or maybe so deeply. We have to look at it as a training. Most of us have already recognized, just by being here this short time, the habitual patterns of the untrained heart and mind. It just kind of goes willy-nilly where it's habitually gone all these years and we we one of the biggest things we see when we come to a retreat like this is the deep and serious need to train the heart and the mind that we can't just let it keep going towards what it's been doing all these years without kind of having some of our own wisdom and input about it it causes so much pain to ourselves we know causes so much pain to others when we do that. The power of goodwill, this unconditional goodwill, according to the Buddha and according to many people who have practiced it, including myself, this power of goodwill unconditionally can be so strong that it can overcome hatred and aversion, especially towards ourselves, because when we can connect with that power in ourselves, we don't have the tendency so much for the mind to go there. The Buddha said, hatred never ceases by hatred, but by love alone can hatred cease. This is the ancient and eternal law. So much, much stronger than hatred is this uh, deep quality of metta that we're going to be getting in touch with more and more. So we apply ourselves to the continuity and to the patience of doing it. What happens is there's a weakening or a deconditioning of the habit patterns of the mind. So we see if we stay with it, it's not just in a retreat, but we stay with it through the years, we see that the mind will get deconditioned from the place it usually goes to, because it doesn't have the the habit pattern to go there anymore, the energy isn't going in that same direction, because we're training other pathways in the mind, and we're electrifying those pathways so that, and lighting them up, so that it knows how to get there, knows how to get to those places uh, easily. How many of you saw the 60 minutes, the first 20 minutes of it, where they kind of highlighted mindfulness? Yeah, and there was Justin Brewer, and who is that famous um, uh, 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 newscaster? 
And Cooper? Anderson Cooper, yeah, yeah, Anderson Cooper. So he was he went to a, a weekend retreat, you know, and this is just about the retreat with John Cabot Sin was just about um, calming the mind and learning how to calm it down. And so um, now this is not about metta, but it's about something similar, how we can train the mind. So at the end of like a three a weekend retreat and uh, mindfulness based stress reduction. Um, then Justin Brewer, who's this researcher in some big university, I forget, I forget where he's come from, New York or something, he put all these, these um, nodes on um, this newscaster and then connected it up to a computer. So he asked the newscaster, tell me his name again. Anderson, yeah, okay. I remember his face. He's so cute. I remember his face, but not his name. Um, and he said to this uh, Anderson, bring up something and you were, you were really upset. And so Anderson did. He brought something up that was really upsetting him. And you could see on the computer that it shows what part of the brain is, is reacting. And it was the amygdala, you know, that part of the brain that's in fight or flight or freeze. And then he said, okay, now just calm your mind. Just calm your mind. Do your practice. So he, he did this weekend thing and he started doing his practice. And you could see right away where other parts of his brain were lighting up. The parts of his brain that could think more clearly, that could be more calm, that could have more understanding about what was going on. And so this, when we train the mind like this, as we're doing here, this is you can see scientifically now what it's doing and how powerful it is just for this four days that you're here. There's some powerful changes that can happen in your life, in your own mind. So it's no small thing what we're doing here together. The strengthening, the deconditioning of unwholesome habit patterns and the reconditioning and strengthening of patterns of kindness and gentleness because with each phrase, that's what we're inclining the mind to. The phrases are going to be really simple and you can have your own. May I be safe and protected and I'll give them to you and um, you'll find your own phrases that help you. But those phrases are cultivating goodness in your own mind. They're going towards the possibility for your mind to keep going there when difficulties come up. So I, you know, I'm a student of this and I I can see that it's true. There's so many times when my mind could see the, the unwholesome qualities of someone, you know, and it would just go there and feel like, you know, I... I was not treated right or whatever. But right away, it would see the good qualities of that person and almost to a fault, you know, where then I get attached to the good qualities. But I could see how the mind would go there from training. It would go to see... It's not just seeing all darkness about people or about myself. It sees the goodness. And so we're training to see the goodness. They say that... The Buddha said that the proximate cause for loving-kindness to arise is 
recognizing the good, recognizing the good in oneself or in the other person. So we're going to practice that as we go along. Always before we do our uh, phrases, we'll recognize the good. Cultivate the good, the Buddha said. If I did not think you could do it, I wouldn't ask you to do it. Cultivate the good. So metta has two effects. It makes the mind sink deep into our hearts. It makes that training sink deep into our hearts so it becomes spontaneously there and not easily overwhelmed. And it brings about an openness and connection with that place and with all beings. So because we can reach it more easily, we we go there, we're, we're trained to go there. In times of difficulty for me, sometimes I don't feel it, but I just keep going to noticing the good in myself, noticing the good in others. And um, it really helps to actually see more clearly because you see the whole thing instead of just the one-sided blaming or feeling wronged. Or You, you open to a so much more. And you can make your steps in life based on so much more. Um, Do some of you know about Dr. Masaru Emoto? He was the one who took those crystals of water. And he he put the crystals of water, he put the water in in a jar, and then he put words on the different jars. And words like thank you and love, and especially gratitude like thank you. Um, When he froze that water, the crystals turned so beautiful. But when he took put words on them like, you know, whatever, idiot or whatever words are that we say in our own minds, you know, about ourselves or about others. The crystals wouldn't even form or they would turn black or, you know, some (coughs) awful color. And so words are important. The words we constantly say to ourselves and constantly say to others This is the deconditioning that we're doing in our practice. So use the words that work for you. You know, you don't have to use the the words I say. But what is natural for you to say? Use those words so that when a difficult situation arises, then those words go out instead of whatever else, you know, four-letter word we might use for particular situations. so important um, that we find that love in ourselves, that reverence that we have for ourselves. So I'd like to end this and then begin the practice with this from Sri Nisargadatta, this beautiful quote. All you need is already within you. Only you must approach yourself with reverence and love. Self-hatred and self-distrust are grievous errors. Your constant flight from pain in search of pleasure is a sign of love you bear for yourself. All I plead with you is this. Make love of yourself perfect. Give yourself infinity and eternity and discover that you do not need them. You are beyond So let's do our practice and and, uh, I'll post this on the board.
later on. So it's helpful to be relaxed, and if you if you have pain in the body, um, you should move quietly. So it's hard to be loving when there's pain in the body. So go ahead and make yourself comfortable. Establish your posture. Sometimes our our knees are. It's too long to keep them in one position. You can, you know, take the Kuan Yin pose once in a while, like I will now, and just do that. Um, Put your knee up once in a while. Put the other knee up. Give yourself a rest from the knee pain. So bring your attention to your heart center now. That place around your physical heart. Breathing in and out from there. And taking a deep, quiet in-breath and a slow out-breath through your nose. It quiets the mind and letting your shoulders and all the tension be released as much as possible. In this practice, we begin with oneself, traditionally. But if that becomes, or you know that's difficult for you, then begin with someone you can easily open your heart to. Sometimes oneself is not the easiest one. So have a sense of where you're beginning, with oneself, or do you choose another person? Like a benefactor, you can open your heart to. If you're the visual type, see if you can envision that person or have a sense of that person, a felt sense. Connect with them more by remembering something about them that opens your heart, softens your heart brings gratitude, something about yourself that you appreciate. The fact that you're doing the very best you can. Recognize that in yourself saying those words to that person or to yourself. I appreciate you. Whenever it helps, you can put your hands over your heart just to remind yourself to come from that place with your words.
So recognizing the goodness in this person you've chosen to begin with. And say the words that are natural for you that express your friendship, your unconditional friendship, your unconditional goodwill. May you be safe and protected. May I be safe and protected from all harm. Say those words, inclining the heart and mind. May I be safe, protected. Repeating silently. May I be peaceful and happy. Change the pronouns or the words as you see fit. May I be healthy and strong. May my heart be at ease with the conditions of my life. So choose one or two of those phrases if you don't have your own already and continue on in your own way. May I be safe and protected, peaceful, happy. May my heart be at ease no matter what's happening.
when the words don't come anymore, just let the energy of your intention continue on, offering and receiving that intention of goodwill. Remaining with oneself if you wish to, or moving on to the next person in the progression. Traditionally, it's a benefactor. Having a sense of who you're choosing. Again, someone you can easily open your heart to. And then see if you can connect with this person visually or in a felt sense. Seeing this person in a place of comfort and safety. In nature, perhaps. Reflect about this person, their goodness, good qualities, whatever you appreciate. Then use the words that most open your own heart. Keep them simple. I offer you my goodwill.
May you be safe and protected. If you're using your breath to help you, it's okay. Be sure to keep your breath quiet so only you hear it. Again, when the words don't come anymore, use the energy of your intention, offering that out to this person. It can be in the form of a light or a color or simple energy, representing your goodwill. Now coming to a close with this individual. Moving on to the next one, unless you want to remain with this one. Traditionally, the next one is a dear friend, a loved one.
Again, choose someone that's relatively easy to open your heart to. Someone you know that there won't be too many complications coming up in your practice. Choosing a child or an animal friend is a good idea here. A young, young child. Have a sense of who it is you're choosing. Envision them in a place or in a situation you can really connect with them from your heart. Sometimes we choose people that kind of are calling for our love. Maybe they're not well or they're in a situation where we know our heart wants to reach out to them. So have a sense of that person. It's okay. Easy to open our hearts to them. I have a sense of being with them and appreciating what you can about them. Seeing their goodness. And if we see their suffering, that means our metta's turning into compassion. And that's what's opening our hearts. Let it be so. Connecting with metta or karuna, compassion. May you be safe and protected from all harm. May your body be healthy and strong. Your mind be at peace. Stay connected with your own heart and the heart of this person. Continue on in your own way.
coming to a close now with this individual. And let's choose another individual in this same category of a dear friend, a loved one, maybe a family member. So have a sense of who now is being brought into your mind, heart. Recognizing and acknowledging their goodness. See them in nature if it helps you. Or in a place where it keeps your mind alert, connected. May you fulfill your highest aspirations. May your heart be at ease with whatever you're going through. Find your own way. Now continue to hold this particular being in your mind's eye, 
in your heart center. And beside this being, put your other dear friend or loved one. It takes a little concentration to do this. Just remember them by name. And somewhere beside those two, place your benefactor. And now offering all of those, including oneself, your goodwill. Just as I wish to be protected and safe, may you all be protected and safe. Intention for goodwill to all of them, including oneself. See that energy go out. Embrace all those beings. Surrounding, protecting, connecting. healthy and strong. Goodwill to all without preference, without discrimination. expand that field to include everyone here. May all beings here in this room feel protected and safe. May we know our goodness and may that protect us. Our wisdom, our love. Expanding that to include everyone here at this retreat center, all the animals and creatures, and the human beings that support us in so many ways. Healthy and strong. May your hearts be at ease. reaching out to connect with all of our loved ones wherever they are. Near or far, may you all be safe. Stay with it. May you be peaceful and happy. 
all beings everywhere. Just envision the energy going out, spreading near this neighborhood and farther on. Through all the waters, the land, the air. May all beings in every realm be peaceful and happy. Safe and protected. May we share the merit of all of our good work here with all of those in our families, especially those who have passed away, and with all beings everywhere by the sharing of this merit. May all beings be free, be liberated. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.